Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 15th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. A happy 2K day to everyone who bought NBA 2K18 early like me, but then forgot that you could go get it tonight on Thursday night instead of on Friday. But uh, I'll take care of that later and tell everyone how the game is uh, because I'm excited to play it. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We're not here to talk about 2K. We're here to talk a little bit about the Orlando Magic. And on Thursday, I did a, uh, a Facebook Live uh, over on the Locked On Podcast Network's Facebook page. Be sure to check that out at facebook.com slash lockedonpods. Uh, and I talked a little bit about draft lottery reform as well as the uh, current ranking, the Sports Illustrated and ESPN Top 100 rankings that came out earlier this week. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. But before I do that, I do want to remind everyone that you can subscribe to the Lockdown Podcast Network. Best way to follow the Lockdown Podcast Network is to like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash pods. You can also follow it on Twitter as well to get uh, updates as podcasts get released from across the network. Every single NBA team, as well as most NFL teams, are covered with a daily podcast, just like Locked on Magic. So, you know you know how much you love listening to me talk about the Magic every day? Well, there is one for every single team out there in the NBA, as well as the NFL. So, definitely be sure to check that out if you have not already. You can subscribe to those podcasts again, just like Locked on Magic, Locked on, the team name. You can uh, subscribe to that podcast, of course, on iTunes, as well as Audio Boom, as well. So this will be Friday's episode of Locked on Magic, which, of course, you can subscribe to on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts onto your podcast-enabled listening device. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as the host of uh, of Locked on Magic. Now, the Magic probably aren't a team most people are focused on, but... Uh, I do have a few things that I wanted to say, wanted to get out today on on the Facebook Live that are a little bit more global, and then I'll go into something Magic-specific at the end. As uh, as I'm sure some of you listened to on Locked On NBA earlier this week, uh, the uh, NBA is seriously considering doing another round of lottery reform. Ooh, isn't that exciting? Everyone loves lottery reform. It's, it's everyone's favorite topic when it comes to the NBA and when it comes to... Um, comes to uh, fixing the league, uh, every, especially if you're a team like the Magic, where you know you haven't been in the playoffs for the last five years. And so, yeah, it, it, it's 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 frustrating as a fan to watch a team consistently churn through the lottery and and not get anywhere. And for the national audience, it's been frustrating to watch that the tanking situation or, or what what's perceived as tanking. Honestly, when you look at NBA history, tanking has always been a problem. This isn't something new to the NBA today. Perhaps 
there are more people paying attention to the teams at the bottom uh, because there's more exposure for the league. There's league pass. There's people buying tickets now, and they're pretty expensive. There's there's fans of those teams. There's there's a smart fan now who believes that you're either trying to win a championship or you should be trying to win the lottery, and there's no in-between. I mean, I, I know as someone who covers the Magic, a lot of the responses that I get from the Mag- from Magic fans is, it's been five years, it's been too long, this team needs to do something. But then there's another cohort that says, this team needs to be tanking. There's no reason the Magic should be going for an eight seed with this roster because it's not going to win a championship. They should be trying to get the number one pick because that is their best way to get to the championship. It's this kind of mentality that has created a lot of these uh, tanking arguments. And so what the league is proposing of doing or uh, supposedly to the competition committee later on this week, is starting in 2019, flattening out the lottery odds. Uh, the, the first, second, and third worst teams in the league would each have an equal 14% chance at winning the NBA draft lottery. From there, it would be a smooth descent down to, uh, to the teams that don't make the playoffs. And then, on top of that, the lottery would be for the first four teams, for the first four picks in the NBA draft. So... Uh, It's an interesting proposal for sure. I do think that it changes some of the calculus, but I don't think it's going to solve the problem that the NBA wants to solve. Because at the end of the day, there's still this mentality that the best way for bad teams to get their their, uh, best players, for their opportunity to get good players, is to lose games, is to win the lottery, essentially. And even then, it's no guarantee. I mean, I'll take the Magic. That's, That's the team I cover. When you look at the Magic, they haven't won more than 35 games in the last five years. They haven't sniffed the playoffs in the last five years outside of a 19-13 and 13 run to begin the 2016 season. They've had a top six pick in four of the last five years, and yet here we are now after a 29-win season, assuming the Magic aren't going to take that next step, that the Magic aren't going to... to be in the playoffs, essentially. And and even if they do, even if they were to surprise everyone, there's a good chunk of the fan base and there's a good chunk of a lot of people who don't think that that is the right way for the Magic to go. It's It it would be beneficial for a lot... It's logical for them to tank. And, and I don't think flattening out the lottery odds at 14% is going to do very much because at the end of the day, the teams that know that their best chance to get better is to get a, a big star, is to get a, a high draft pick, those people, then it's logical to think that, they're still going to see that 14% chance and say, that's better than the 12% chance. Now, lowering the odds, it's current, if you have the worst record in the league, you currently have a 25% chance of winning the lottery. Uh, lowering the odds might change that calculus a little bit. And I think that that's ultimately what the NBA is trying to do, is to, is to make it hurt a little bit more to go into these big tanking, uh, projects like the Philadelphia 76ers underwent. Uh, that's essentially what the league is really trying to do here, is change motivations, change the point of pain. I don't think the lottery reform that they're that they're proposing is going to do that. I don't think it changes it enough. I don't think it changes the impetus because 14% is still a better chance at winning the lottery than, say, finishing 6th or 7th and having a 10 or 9% chance, whatever whatever the math comes out to be. It may not be a much bigger difference, so maybe the, cal- maybe the calculus changes for one or two teams, but the teams that really want to set out and tank, they're still going to do it. They're still going to, to go out and purposefully lose games. 
And in, in any case, at the end of the day, if you're out of the playoff picture toward the end of the season and that carrot is still out there, you're still going to go after it. I don't think we'll see a project quite like what Philadelphia did. I don't think we'll see quite the the ambitious multi-year tanking project the 76ers did. I think the NBA made it very clear that that was not something they wanted, and a lot of management groups were repeated that that, pe- that they did it, and enough change was made to kind of force them out of it. At the same time, it's hard to say it wasn't successful, at least right now. They got the number one overall pick in Ben Simmons coming back from injury. They got number one overall pick this year in Markel Fultz. They've got Joel Embiid, who everyone is very, very high on, a third overall pick in 2014. They got those high draft picks. They have a really nice core, and when you look at preseason predictions, a lot of people think the Sixers could make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. I'm not one of them, but that's certainly something that could happen or something that some people do expect to to take place this year. So I don't think we'll see an end to that. Now, it, it may I think we may see an end to kind of what Philadelphia did, but what Phoenix did last year where they were sitting guys who were perfectly healthy, uh, who were... Uh, 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 trying to angle to get to the second pick or the third third best odds or whatever it was, that's probably not going to change. And I don't think that's ever going to change as long as the lottery system is weighted. So how do you fix this? I, I mean, I don't have a... Gr- I have a few ideas. I have a few thoughts that I think would change that point of pain because essentially the NBA is looking at the lottery weighting system as the way to, to fix this problem. Again, I'm not 100% sold that it is as big of a problem as, as everyone thinks it is. But the NBA is trying to, to kind of shift the motivation on the back end. I don't think that's where you shift the motivation. I think you have to put the point of pain earlier in the season. I think there's been an idea that I actually kind of like where the way the lottery system, you still have the lottery system weighted by worst record, essentially, but it's weighted then by most wins accumulated after you've been eliminated from the playoffs. So, at the beginning of the season, everyone believes they can make the playoffs. I mean, I, 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 I'm, you know, I, I cover the Magic, and I am not against entertaining the idea that this Magic team can make the playoffs. A 29-win team last season made very few changes. I see a little bit of things that they have done that I think shows that they are at least heading in the right direction and can compete for a playoff spot this year. And one of them is that the Eastern Conference just kind of fell off a cliff. So what happens if you put that point of pain, that decision marker, earlier in the season? Are teams really going to be willing to tank early in the season? Are they really going to be able to sell to fans when their team is sitting at 2-7 and seven we're packing it in this year, and we'll start winning at the back end. That's a calculus that's very, very different, I think. And I don't think as many teams will be able to do that. Now, once they're eliminated from the playoffs, maybe you'll see some of this tanking activity, or this, this resting activity in the middle of the season rather than at the end. So there's definitely flaws, and, and, and I think this idea is still kind of getting fleshed out. It might be kind of difficult to track as well. When, you know, when do you pinpoint that moment when the wins start counting for, for these teams that are out of the playoffs, essentially? Um, an idea that I float around a lot is kind of spitballing out the top of my head. Um, I don't know how the math is, but what I would do is I would do I would think about doing kind of a pure lottery system, uh, where you're not only picking the lottery for uh, the spots or for the top three, but essentially you go down the list 
and the lottery is you do a lot you run a lottery for the first pick first then you run a lottery for say the eighth pick next you run a lottery for each spot individually and go spot by spot by spot but you randomize the order with number one going first so that that worst team if they did tank to get the best odds they could pay for it if they don't get it again it's about changing that point of pain changing the motivations is it worth it for my team to lose a lot of games to get that 25, 14, whatever percent it is to get the number one pick. That, to me, is really what has to happen here in the NBA. They need to change the point of pain. They need to change the point of motivation for these teams to decide when to pack it in for the year. And that's really what it's about. Because the NBA is not a league of parity. It is not a league that... Uh, that has a lot of equal teams fighting it out. That's not what this league is. It's never been what this league is. When when everyone complained, I mean, I, I think we're seeing this on the opposite end. It's not just about what we're seeing on the lottery end. It's what we're seeing at the top. When everyone complains about super teams, they're ignoring NBA history. NBA history is full of super teams. The number of franchises that have won a championship in this league are very, very small. The best players in the league win the championship. And teams know that. That's why they tank. And so you're never going to completely get rid of this phenomenon of bad teams being bad and seeing the carrot of a high draft pick and going after it. You're never going to completely get away with it, get away from it. So it's it's definitely a, a big concern. I think the NBA is right to be proactive about these issues. Um, I don't think that it's it's ever a bad thing to be proactive about about um trying to solve problems, but almost certainly, almost certainly, what they're, what they're proposing this time around probably won't fix the problem completely. And maybe that's what they want. They want to make it look like they're trying to fix the problem without actually fixing the problem. This kind of, it's a battle of perception more than anything else. Um, it's, it's going to be a, a very interesting discussion. Um, our good pal Aaron Goldstone, who writes for Orlando Pinstripe Post, uh, left a comment here saying, Love the lottery reform discussion. I do think the best way Orlando can acquire a franchise players is still through the lottery, more specifically winning the lottery, which they haven't had luck recently with. Historically, the Shaq, Penny, and Dwight, that was the case. And that absolutely was the case for the Orlando Magic. And that's why I think it's really important for the Magic to still be involved and interested in lottery discussion. As I've said on Locked on Magic uh, before, if, you, if you've listened um, throughout the summer, this season's really kind of a no-lose no season for the Magic. Um, they're coming off that 29-win disaster of a season last year when they had playoff aspirations. And this year, they're running it back, essentially. It's the same starting lineup. They redid the bench a lot. And, to, and with new management in place, it really feels like, to me, it is the Magic are, are evaluating what they have on their roster. Their, their new ownership is trying to figure out uh, what they have exactly on this team because they're they're new. They, these guys are new to the new to the franchise, um, and so if they succeed, if they play really well, and they they compete for a playoff spot, they have something to sell the fans and say, "Hey, we're moving in the right direction. We're going back up. You know, we, we've improved on our 29-win season. We're back in the playoff hunt. We think we can make the tweaks necessary to to take that next step." Not only that, in the trade market, teams respond to players from winning teams. So if the Magic surprise everyone. All of a sudden, their players have a little bit more value. Maybe you can get something of value for Nikola Vucevic. Maybe you can dump his Mac Biombo somewhere in his big contract or 
if, if you're ready to move on from Evan Fournier, maybe Evan Fournier and, and so on and so forth. So you increase value in winning. And I'm, and I'm, I'm a purist in this sense. I, you know, I got into a lot of arguments with people about the tanking issue um, over, over the last season when, the, when everyone said, oh, it would be so much more beneficial for the Magic to tank. They shouldn't be trying to win these games. I, I agreed with Frank Vogel. As long as you're playing the games, you should be trying to win them. And to me, I think winning is always valuable. There's never a bad. It's never bad to win games. Winning is good. Winning is good. <laughs> I, I shouldn't that, that that shouldn't need to be said. But we're you know talking about lottery reform here, so it absolutely does need to be said. Um, aside from that, though, um, if the Magic do struggle this year, if the Magic fail again, then they're back in the lottery. And they get another high draft pick. They add another asset. They begin figuring out which players don't fit. They can try and get rid of them. They can try and dump them. They can try and put them in roles that maybe they'll be more successful at. And they and Jeff Weltman and, and the new manager, manage, Magic Management can begin organizing uh, the team the way they want it to be organized. So I think this is a really interesting season for the Magic. Um, they haven't had the lottery luck, as Aaron mentioned. Uh, actually, in the last five years, in the last five years, the Magic have only maintained their lottery spot twice. Um, that would have been the uh, twenty fourteen, the twenty fifteen draft when they took Mario Azonia with the fifth pick, and the twenty sixteen draft when they took Demontis Sabonis with the eleventh pick, and of course traded him to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, the Magic for the last five years, essentially, our last three of the last five years at least, had a tanking plan. I mean, I think when Rob Hennigan took over, they planned to be bad for two years to rebuild assets, and they drafted Victor Oladipo second when they had the top lottery odds. And they drafted Aaron Gordon fourth when they had the third lottery out. So they've had some bad luck. They haven't gotten the star that they wanted in the draft. And that's kind of the reason why they're here now. And that leads me into a transition about uh, the big topic around the NBA in this last dead week of the season. We got two more weeks to go. And then we get we get content. Hooray, content. Um, the, the big bugaboo, the big talk around the NBA today or this week has been Sports Illustrated's annual Top 100 list, as well as ESPN's annual NBA rank. I'm not going to get into the specifics of whether Carmelo Anthony's underrated or whether any of the Magic players are underrated. I I don't find that exercise necessarily interesting. I say that, of course, and you know we ran a series on Orlando Magic Daily and, and talked about it here on, on Locked on Magic about the best team in Magic history, and, and it was largely a poll done much the same way that ESPN and Sports Illustrated do their polls. So, you know, uh, uh, call me a hypocrite on that, I guess. But I, I'm not so much interested in, in in where, you know, Aaron Gordon ranks or where Nikola Vucevic ranks. I mean, I, I, I probably certainly have my opinion, and I'm probably a little higher on the Magic's players than anyone else because I've watched them so much, and, and I, I do understand their limitations. Um, but, uh, you know, I... Uh, and, and I'm a little bit of a homer, I'll, I'll admit to that. Uh, but I, I think that uh, it's not so much interesting where they place, but more interesting about what it says about the Magic. And and what it says really about this upcoming season, because like I said, the best players in the league end up on the best teams. That's how this league works. That's, that's, that's just how this whole thing works around the league. So... The Magic do not show up much in either Sports Illustrated or ESPN's Top 100 list. And I think that is a little unfair to the Magic. 
Alfred Payton, I believe, was number 96 on Sports Illustrated's top 100 list, and Nikola Vucevic, I'm pulling it up right now, so excuse me if I uh, try and stall here to scroll down. Uh, Nikola Vucevic ended up at number 89. Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier were two of the biggest snubs, according to Sports Illustrated, uh, for that uh, for that honor to be in the top 100. On ESPN's NBA rank, though, only one Magic player showed up on the list, and that was Aaron Gordon at number 68. So wide disparities in these lists. So again, like minds can differ. Nikola Vucevic not on the list, Evan Forney not on, the, on ESPN's list, uh, Alfred Payton not on ESPN's list, Aaron Gordon is on ESPN's list, but not in the top 100 on Sports Illustrated's list. They have different criteria, they have different methodologies, we don't need to dive too deeply into that here. But what I think we do need to dive into, and what we do need to reckon with, uh, as people who, at least for me as someone who follows Magic, is what this says about the upcoming season. And what that says is, the Magic need to upgrade their talent. <laughs> it's it's something that most Magic fans could probably say and tell you is absolutely true. The Magic need more talented players. More talented players equals a better team. That that makes sense. They need their players to play better. It's it, sometimes sometimes life really is that simple. Get better players. Get those better players to play better. You will be a better team. That's it's it's, it's it's very very simple like that. Uh, but the fact that so many outside observers do not buy into the Magic says a lot about where the Magic have been and possibly what people think the Magic will do this year. That perhaps we shouldn't be buying into any optimism with the Magic. Perhaps we shouldn't be uh, believing that this team can seriously compete for the playoffs. Maybe there's the possibility that this team is worse than it was last year, which you know would be a disaster for this 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 team. Like I said, it'd be a no it's a no lose season, but Evan Fournier is in the second year of a five year contract. Bismack Biombo's in the second year of a four year contract. It's tough and Aaron Gordon's about to hit restricted free agency. You need to make a decision on him. It would be tough if this status quo does not change during the course of the season. Luckily I think that they can. To me what the what the snubs on these lists really mean is that the Magic haven't given anyone a reason to believe in them. And that is perfectly fair. Because the Magic have not given anyone a reason to believe in them. Evan Fournier is a nice player. I like him. He's gotten a lot of hate from Magic fans on Twitter. But he isn't a breakthrough star. Nikola Vucevic is a nice player. I like him. He has limitations. We know those limitations. He is not a breakthrough player. Alfred Payton is a nice player, but he has that shooting problem. He can't make a shot. And, of course, Aaron Gordon is still this ball of potential that hasn't yet been unleashed. There's a lot of questions about this Magic team. And, yeah, they're all young. Evan Fournier, I think, is 26. Nikola Vucevic is 26 or 27. Uh, Aaron Gordon is 21. Alfred Payton is 23. Jonathan Isaac is sitting there 19, sitting on the bench. And, and he'll get his opportunity. But there's definitely still a need for a lot of these guys to take that step up, to take that next step in their careers. And that's what this season really relies on. And that's the question that, you know, Rob Mahoney and, and all the guys at Sports Illustrated, Ben Golliver and all the guys at Sports Illustrated, aren't ready to answer. They know what Nikola Vucevic is. And that got him into the top 100. 
They saw what Alfred Payton could be toward the end of last season, really saw what he could be and how he can change a game with his penetration and his driving and his, his, his passing. And that got them into the top 100. Evan Fournier, they know what he can be, but they see his limitations. Aaron Gordon's a complete unknown. And so, you know, ESPN believes in what Aaron Gordon can be. Sports Illustrated doesn't. And that's the kind of doubt that creates, you know, that can create bad seasons. You know, you, you, you look, when you look at predictions, when you look at how people predict what the season's going to be, it's really an exercise in certainty. How certain am I that this team's going to be, be like that? Like when I saw, you know, like I, I, when I make my predictions, and this is my cop-out, I tend to go with win ranges. I don't like to pick a specific number. I like to say this team can probably is in the 29 to 34 win range. Win range. This kind of set a range to, to, to measure success more than anything else. If they end up on the higher end, that's great. If they end up on the lower end, it's... And so when the Magic... When I, when I saw the over-under for the Magic at 32.5, I said, uh, that's, that's probably right. I might be a little bit more optimistic on the Magic. I, I, I think that, that it's very possible that they could get back to that 35-win range. I don't think they'll get to the playoffs quite yet. I still have some major questions about their offense and, and definitely, definitely some questions about their defense. Um, especially considering how it played toward the end of last season. And so, really, what Sports Illustrated and ESPN are getting at is just how uncertain they are about this Magic team. They're uncertain not only about the team as a whole, but the individual players that the Magic will be relying on to make up that whole. Now, Orlando can certainly prove them wrong. Orlando absolutely can prove them wrong. Aaron Gordon, like I said, is only 21 years old. He averaged... Six, he averaged, I think, 16.7 points per game after the All-Star break, playing power forward. He did take a step, and he's never had a healthy NBA summer and a, train, and a healthy training camp since his rookie year. So there's definitely an opportunity for Gordon to take that step up. If you're a fantasy owner and you're looking for a guy to take a risk on middle round, I would really suggest looking at Aaron Gordon. I think his rebounds will be up next year. His scoring, will, I think, will be up next year. Um, I think that he is a guy to definitely take a look at as uh, as you look at your fantasy, looking for fantasy sleepers. Because his role is going to be completely different, and he hasn't really made the jump that, that I think we all know he can make from a talent standpoint. He showed flashes of it last year, but, but not a ton. So... I think that the Magic are fighting through this uncertainty right now in the, in the national conversation. And it's perfectly warranted. I can't blame anyone for thinking the Magic will finish 13th or 14th in the East this year. I may think they'll finish 11th or 12th, but I can't blame anyone for doubting this team because this team has shown no reason to believe in them. And as I've said on my podcast before, What's really important about this season for the Magic, and, and as, as far as how they relate to their fans, is rebuilding that trust and belief that they are heading back in the right direction, one way or the other. And that's, again, why probably lottery reform is really, really important to this team. So don't expect to hear a lot about the Magic. I don't anticipate anyone besides me wanting to play, play as them in NBA 2K or anything like that. This is a team that is still trying to find its identity and still trying to find the right pecking order of players and the right guy to lead them forward. 
And that's going to be a question that we'll be trying to answer on Locked On Magic throughout the upcoming season. I'll thank everyone for tuning in to today's Facebook Live. Appreciate uh, any comments that you have. I'm beginning to wrap up, so if you have any Orlando Magic or general NBA questions, be sure to drop them in the comments uh, below. While you're doing that, I'll go through my spiel here. You can, of course, listen to Locked On Magic for everything about the Orlando Magic, including conversations just like the one we had today on Facebook Live over on iTunes, Audio, and Stitcher, TuneIn, and any fun place that you can think of that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also find me on, you can also find the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as on Facebook at Locked On Magic. We post a lot of the companion articles that we write over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com discussing these issues a little bit further. I'm a newspaper, I'm kind of a newspaper, you know, written word wonk. So, um, you know, I, you know, maybe my points come across differently spoken than they do in writing. So you can check out, check out both then. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-R-R underscore omd. And of course, you can follow my blog as well as interact with me on Twitter at omagicdaily as well as at orlandomagicdaily.com. Currently, we're doing our player outlook series. If you're looking for previews on any player on the Orlando Magic, again, I know it's the Magic. Um, if you're looking for any preview on any player on the Orlando Magic, we'll be hitting every single one in the run-up to the beginning of training camp on September 26th, as well as media day on September 25th. Just one full week away. Hooray! Um, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in here on Facebook Live, as well as for listening. Uh, I'll be slicing this and putting it up on the podcast feed later on today um, or tomorrow or whenever, whenever it is. Um, thank you all. Again. Thank you all for watching on Facebook Live or listening on the podcast feed. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich signing off here on Facebook Live. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. I bet you couldn't catch where the cuts were. You probably could. It was pretty obvious I'm using my mic to record this, and I didn't use my mic for the Facebook Live. But that's neither here nor there. That's a little bit of how the sausage is made. No one likes to see that. But, of course, I want to wish everyone a very happy weekend. Um, If you're still recovering from Hurricane Irma, please be safe while you're doing so. And, uh, again, if you're still without power, I sincerely hope and wish that you will get power very, very soon. I know that people are still recovering from Hurricane Irma, but each day gets a little more normal, and uh, we're certainly getting there day by day here in the city. Beautiful. That's going to do it for this week's slate of episodes of Locked on Magic. Next week is the final week before we have Orlando Magic Basketball back in our lives. Um, of course, the the uh, uh, training camp as well as media day will take place. Uh, Training camp will take place. We'll start next Tuesday. Media day is one week from Monday. Yes, so excited. Cannot wait. So we'll be doing player outlooks and talking about some of the individual players on the match roster. Maybe doing some position groups uh, and studying uh, and studying at the position groups for the Magic as well uh, throughout next week. So we'll be taking a look at that. Lots going on as we ramp up toward the beginning of the Orlando Magic season, getting very, 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 very excited for all that. But until then, everyone have a great weekend. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all next week on more episodes of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.